It's that time of year, the middle of January. Everybody has told themselves, I'm working off those Christmas pies. I'm working off those holiday meals. I am going to be a fit person. I'm going to walk every day. How's it going the third week in January? Are you meeting those goals of being more in shape? Are you meeting those goals of exercising and going for those daily walks? We think about our physical health this time of year, oftentimes. And we think about walking or running or exercising. But have you ever thought about your spiritual health and your spiritual walk? Who is it that we're following as we walk? In the book of Ephesians, Paul has a number of profound things that he speaks about. But one of the things, one of the themes that we see repeated over and over in the book of Ephesians is the idea of a walk. You're either walking by the course, the standards of this world, or you're walking by another standard. And in doing so, are imitating God. This morning, I want us to think about our walk and imitating God, imitating Christ. What does it mean to follow the example of Christ? And my goal this morning is today that we are introducing an idea or a series of ideas about what it is to walk in the footsteps in the example of Jesus Christ. But we begin this morning by thinking about this idea of a walk worthy of the Lord in imitation of our God. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, please be turning to Ephesians chapter 2. And as you turn to Ephesians chapter 2, the first thing that we want to begin thinking about this morning is how we used to walk. I want us to think then again about what it is to walk in the pathway of Christ. And think about some concrete things that we ought to do as we walk following Christ. So by now you've turned in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 2, and I want you to notice as we look at Ephesians chapter 2, what Paul has to tell us about following the things of this world. Notice, first of all, the contrast as Paul introduces this theme of walking. He says, Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1. He says, And you are dead in your trespasses and sins in which you formerly walked according to the course of, it, of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Among them we too all formerly lived in the lust of the flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath even as the rest. Before we became Christians, we walked according to the standards of this world. And there's no wonder that we did that, because before we became Christians, that's what we knew. And so we did what everybody did. And we lived by the standard of the world. But as Paul develops the theme of walking in the book of Ephesians, he tells us that there's another way in which we ought to walk. 
Notice the contrast he makes, chapter 4 and verse 1. He says, therefore, I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called. Paul says there is another way that you ought to walk. And so now he's making a contrast. You can walk according to the standard of the world, or you can walk in a manner worthy of the calling that you've received. We have a choice to make. Are we going to continue to walk by the ways of this world, by the standards that the world has, or are we going to walk according to the standard of the calling we've received? And what calling is that that we've received? It's the calling from Christ Jesus to come out and be separate. Not to isolate ourselves from the world, but to live a separate life. To live a set-apart life. That's what it is to be holy. To be set apart for something special. For a designated purpose. For a designated use. And Paul's saying we need to walk according to that calling. He continues in chapter 4, verse 2. He says, according to which you've been called, and then in verse 2 he says, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance for one another in love, being diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. And so Paul says, these are the attitudes that you ought to have as you have this walk. But Paul continues. Chapter 4, verse 17. He says, so I say and I affirm together with the Lord that you walk no longer just as the Gentiles also walk in the futility of their minds, being darkened in their understanding, excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the hardness of their heart. And they, having become callous, have given themselves over to sensuality for every practice of every kind of impurity and greediness, but you did not learn Christ in this way if indeed you have heard him and have been taught in him, just as truth is in Jesus, that in reverence, that in reference, rather, to your former manner of life, you lay aside the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the kind, with the lust of deceit, and that you renew, be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new self, which is in the likeness of God, has been created in the righteousness and holiness in truth. And so Paul says, here's what happens when you have this contrast in your life and you're no longer living by the standard of this world. He says, you've changed. You've changed from the way that the Gentiles live. I don't think here he's meaning... Gentiles in the normal sense of Jew versus Gentile, but now he's making a, a distinction between Christians and those who are not Christians. They live by a different standard. Sometimes, as Christians, we might be surprised and we might be mean-spirited almost sometimes in our approach to the world and think, why are they doing that? That's We need to understand they live by a different standard. And as Christians, we need to make sure that we don't fall back into that trap, back into that pathway, 
And so did you notice that Paul says you walk in a different way? That you do so in the likeness of God. And so we're beginning to see a hint of this idea of imitating God. We do so in the likeness of God. We live our lives in the likeness of God. God the Father? Certainly. But as we continue to look at this, I think we'll also see in the likeness of Christ. What does it mean to be in the likeness of God? To live our lives, to walk in our lives according to the likeness of God. It requires us to know what God is like, doesn't it? And it requires us to make a choice. I'm going to follow that example. I'm going to walk this way because that is the way that God walks. That is the way that Christ walks. And so I'm making that choice. And it's not always easy to make that choice, as you felt full well know. We've all faced those challenging times when it's almost easier to do something else, but we have to tell ourselves, and we have to be disciplined, and we have to be diligent, we have to be purposeful every day to say, I'm going to make the choice that honors God and walk in that way. And so Paul says in chapter 4, verse 17, following, that we no longer walk as the Gentiles do, but that we make that transition and that we put on a new self. And in putting on that new self, that we do so in the likeness of God, verse 24. And then in verse chapter 5 and verse 1, Paul now tells us more directly that we ought to be imitators of God. I want to think about this idea of imitating God. Chapter 5, verse 1. He says, therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love, just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. And so here in these two verses, we have the connection made for us between imitating God and making a choice in our walk to walk as Christ walked and to love as Christ loved. And he says, I want you to walk and love as children of God. Notice this idea. Walk in love. Verse 1, be imitators of God as beloved children. Walk in love. We are children of God. Parents know this very well. That oftentimes the behavior of your children is assigned to you, isn't it? If your children have a certain reputation in the community, that reflects on you. Now, sometimes that's unfair, but that's a reality. Sometimes it's very true in how we raise our children. I mean, you can raise a child, and that child still makes his or her own choices. We understand that. But those around look at that child, and they say, this is what that family must be like. This must be the values they live by. And Paul's saying, if we are children of God, our behavior needs to be like his. And so Paul says, walk in love. Because this is how much God loves you. 
that Jesus came and died and gave his life as a ransom for all. And so we begin to transition from the idea of walking by the world and the contrast of walking for the world and walking in the manner worthy of our calling. And now Paul says you need to walk proactively as children of God, knowing that the way in which you walk reflects upon God. We need to be imitators of God and how he walked. As we continue to look down through this chapter, we see again this idea of children and walking in the light. Notice what he says, beginning in verse 6. He says, Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore do not be partakers with them, verse 7. For you were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth, trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. Paul says, as children of light, as children of God, we need to walk as children of light. We need to walk following that example of Christ. But did you also notice what he says here? Trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. As children of God walking in the light, we are constantly trying to learn what is pleasing to God. The standard by which we live our lives is not, is this going to get me in trouble, trouble or not? When we're first Christians, that may be our mindset. But as we grow, we transition in our mindset to what is pleasing to God in this situation. This technically may not be bad, but is it pleasing to God? I'm not going to do it. Paul says here in Ephesians chapter 5, do not participate with the, with the deeds of the world. Do not participate with the deeds of darkness. There are a lot of things going on in the world, and Paul says do not participate in those things because you have made a choice to walk by a different standard. So what does that mean for us? What does it mean as we think about following the example of Christ? When Jesus gathers his apostles right before his ascension in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20, and he says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore into all the world and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I've taught you. Lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. What is Jesus saying here? He's saying, I want you to go into the world as Christians. And I want you to make disciples. And we often forget the term disciples. What does it mean to be a disciple of Christ? A disciple is someone who patterns his or her life after somebody else and disciplines themselves to be like that individual. And that's what Paul's been talking about here in Ephesians chapter 5, about our walk. We are disciplining ourselves to be like God in Christ. So what does that look like in our lives? If we go back to the beginning of our discussion today, Paul says in chapter 4 and verse 1, walk in a manner worthy of your calling, with all gentleness, with all humility. We find Jesus being gentle. 
Now at times, Jesus was very direct with people. But he was not verbally abusive to them. He did not use degrading speech directed towards them. But he was gentle and yet stern. We see that Jesus handles himself with humility. And think about all the confrontations that Jesus had with the Pharisees. There were times when he was pretty blunt with them, and yet he carried himself with humility, even though he was a son of God. What greater example of humility do we need than the cross? So as Christians, we follow the example of Christ. We follow that example by making choices of what is pleasing to God in the entertainment that I choose, in the speech that I use, in my actions towards others, in my decision not to be angry. And all of these are very difficult things, aren't they? They are for me at times, especially when I'm driving my car, right? It's easy to get angry with the person in front of you or the person that's not turning as quickly as you want or the person that not, that's not leaving the stop sign as quickly as you would like them to do, right? We understand those frustrations. It's easy to get angry with the girl at the checkout counter or the young man at the checkout counter who's not ringing things up right or the price doesn't come out right. There are many things that we can find challenging. Over the next several weeks, what we want to do is we want to look at the example of Jesus. Look how Jesus lived his life. And to ask ourselves, what is it to follow the example of Christ? To be an imitator of God and to walk in his example or following his example. And to be a disciple of Christ. If you're here this morning and you want to follow the example of Christ by being united with him in his death, burial, and resurrection through baptism. If there are other needs that you have that you need to or want to make the church aware of, whatever those things are, won't you come? Together we stand.